Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever or whenever you cats and kittens are. This is Sports Crush with D. Crom. I'm your host, David Cromolo, and with the 2021 NFL season less than 100 days away, all 32 fan bases are wondering how well-equipped their team is to win the season. And in that spirit, I asked my good friend Nick Kendall of Mile High Huddle to rank all NFL rosters 1 to 32. And I am pleased to announce that he completed that project rather quickly given the football savvy guy that he is. And he is here tonight to break his rankings down on a division by division basis. What's up, Nick? It's great to have you back on the program. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Always fun to come on and talk a little bit of football. And uh, man, I know that we're still a ways off, but if we actually have some real life football to talk about these days. So uh it's good, man. Uh, always appreciate having a platform, and uh, hope you hope you're doing well out in uh, Chicagoland. Oh, we're doing very well, thank you. And uh, we'll get to one of the reasons why we are very excited about football and other things in Chicagoland in a bit. But before we, we begin here, please explain the criteria you used in determining the ranking of all 32 NFL rosters. I mean, I just went through team by team and uh, looked at them head to head based on uh, how I evaluated their current team. Obviously, teams with better quarterbacks are going to get a little bit uh, higher rating. I did also take into account um, coaching situations because coaches put good players into uh, good situations. Um, But if you have a bad coach, that's going to weigh you down. So uh, I did I did weigh that a bit in it. And uh, also, I will say I did look at the Vegas's win loss um, predictions for looking at these. Didn't agree with everything, but that's always a uh, Vegas wasn't built because they make bad bets, right? So uh, <laughs> Vegas is a good uh, guide guideline or uh, guidance for as far as uh, what to expect this year. They can't predict the future, but uh, it's about as good as it gets. It absolutely is. But also when looking at these rosters, did you like uh, look at uh, the positions of value and how many players they have at those positions and what quality players do they have? And is their roster, is it a deep roster? Is it top heavy? Is it... Uh, not top-heavy, but uh, very deep overall. Uh, how much of a factor did those uh, play in your rankings? That played a factor in my rankings. Also, just like the situation that they're in um, played a factor in the rankings. Uh, like some divisions I had a really hard time with, like the NFC uh, West. I have no idea what to make of it, um, top to bottom. I have no idea how it's going to play out this year. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, it was fun to kind of do it. And I just kind of like, you know, like a playoff style where I was. I started at the top with the top teams. And when I got to about team ranked number 10 in my top 10 i started from the bottom then uh because it's really easy to tell like some of the top teams from some of the bottom teams it's in the middle when it gets a little bit like oh man team that i ranked 13 could honestly be ranked all the way at team 20 you know it's like that kind of thing where there's not as much separating them there uh but still a fun exercise to do i bet you as we go through this i'll be like oh man did i really want to rank this team above this team i'm not sure if i had done it uh if i had done it again it would have played out a little bit differently so it's not like a super um, mathematical model here that I'm doing there. I do. I was working on one for the AFC West, but to do it for the entire um, 32 teams would be uh, quite an endeavor that uh, didn't have time to do here. But uh, still fun to do, and uh, excited to see how this plays out. And uh, hopefully, I don't look too foolish uh, looking back at it uh, a year from now. <laughs> well, the NFL being as unpredictable as it is, you shouldn't be ashamed if you look foolish, uh, given all the twists and turns that occur in the league each year. And let's start our journey in the NFC North, where you obviously had the Green Bay Packers as the best team in the division with the third best roster in the NFL overall, the Minnesota Vikings as the second best team in the division with the seventh best roster in the NFL overall, and uh, the Chicago Bears, one of my two favorite teams at uh, third overall in the division and 24th overall in the league, and the rebuilding Detroit Lions, who may not win a lot of games, but will probably bust a lot of kneecaps this year at fourth overall in the division and second to last in the entire league. And what's really interesting here is 
I'm not sure why you ranked the Vikings as high as you did. At least to me, they don't seem anywhere near as strong as they were in 2018 when they were preseason Super Bowl darlings, so to speak. Ah, man. Looking at the stats, Kirk Cousins was actually a really good quarterback last year. Um, The offensive line is one of the deeper in the NFL. I know that they have a a rookie they'll be relying on in Derisaw, but uh, they were playing pretty well last year. They have one of the best running backs in football, if not the best running back in football right now. That's kind of a defining piece for them, and uh, Dalvin Cook. And last year, this defense was pretty bad um, because they just lost so much to the defensive line. They couldn't you know, stop a nosebleed from the defensive tackle position. But this year, they're bringing a bunch of guys back from injury, um, the COVID list. Uh, they made some signings as well there. And uh, Patrick Peterson, Cam Danzler taking a second year. Uh, I think this is a dark horse team. Um, and I think people are really, you know, Kirk Cousins likes to be the butt of a lot of jokes. Or not, that, I guess he is the butt of a lot of jokes. I bet you he doesn't enjoy it. Um, but uh, I think that he played phenomenal last year. Um, his efficiency was off the charts. Um, we're going to see the second year in the system also with uh, Clint Kubiak there. Um, so I really think this is a uh, not a sleeping giant, so to speak. I think after the first seven teams, I, I think any there's like a big tier difference after the first seven teams. The Vikings coming in at eight. Um, but uh, I like the roster top to bottom. And there's some other rosters that have like better quarterbacks or better things here and there. But they just they have some major weaknesses on their roster where it's just like, ah, I couldn't put them over a more well-rounded Vikings team, which again, biggest thing last year, they couldn't stop the run to save their life. Defensive line was terrible, uh, but uh, you're going to have uh, Daniel Hunter, Dan- Daniel Hunter back this year. Defensive tackle is going to be back. Uh, this is going to be a good. This is going to be a solid team. I think they're pretty underrated from the national perspective, in my opinion, uh, as I go over the roster. Oh yeah, there's absolutely a case, especially with the weapons they have on offense and the new additions they made on defense. And don't forget big Dalvin Tomlinson in the middle. He'll make a big difference for that run defense right away. And today, the Vikings got even stronger by adding Bashad Breeland to that quarterback room, cornerback room. <laughs> yeah, I mean they have Patrick Peterson as well, who I think will be a good scheme fit for them. Uh, Cam Dancer played pretty well last year. Um, Daniel Hunter, if he does play, there's been some. He's not happy with his contract right now, uh, but uh, he's one of the top five, ten edge rushers when he's healthy. Um, this this is a good team, and if uh, if Aaron Rodgers is traded, man, this uh, this Vikings team, I think they pretty far and away will uh, be the team to, that I think will win uh, the NFC North. That Green Bay defense is actually unheralded, underrated, um, but uh, with Aaron Rodgers there too, it's uh, it's not that it's not as close. But I think it's, the Vikings team is pretty good, man. I think anything from team though, like team. Um, eight to 14 that I have ranked here. If you wanted to put one of them over any of the others, I wouldn't fight you too much, but uh, I was feeling the Vikings that day, I guess. Yes. And you brought up a good point with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he remains the elephant in the room indeed. And uh, despite stories that I've heard that uh, he's most likely to stay in green Bay, uh, there have been a lot of credible reporters who are still leaving the door wide open to the possibility of him being traded. So that situation is far far, far from over to the hope of both Bears fans and Broncos fans, and I'm both a Bears and Broncos fan, so I have double stakes in this, so to speak. And speaking of the Bears, which are, as I said, my other favorite team, and we'll get to your favorite team and my other favorite team in just a little bit, the Chicago Bears, they made the biggest, boldest move in the first round of the NFL draft by trading up to take Justin Fields, and I just do not know why he fell by all those teams. It wasn't just the Broncos that I was surprised past at him. I think the Panthers should have taken him. I think the Lions should have taken him. And yes, I think the Falcons should have taken him, for crying out loud, but that's neither here nor there. Now, Justin Fields, with him in the fold, in Chicago with the Bears, what are the next must-dos for the Bears in terms of roster building? Because, uh, how Riot Pace builds this roster around Justin Fields could make or break his tenure. Defense has gotten old pretty quick. 
Um, I don't know if they have great depth there, and they've given up a good amount of capital um, to make up, go up and get these moves. The defensive depth just doesn't impress me, nor does the youth there. Uh, outside of Allen Robinson, I'm not super impressed with the weapons. Uh, we'll see with uh, Cole Komet this year um, if he can take a step as a second-year tight end. But uh, I don't think he's, I don't think he projects as much of a difference maker uh, right now. I think he's going to be good, but is he going to be great? I don't know. Don't really love any of the other wide receivers. Offensive line, I love Tevin Jenkins, but he's a rookie offensive tackle, so. You know, he's going to have his ups and downs years in one. There's not many guys come out and play like Tristan Wirfs uh, year one. Um, so, you know, that's that's a team that I love the Justin Fields pick. I would I would push back a little bit as the boldest move in the first round. I think the boldest move was uh, the 49ers trading up for Trey Lance. Um, but, uh, man, it's it's not the best situation for Justin Fields, but I think the NFC North is shaping up pretty nicely. I think he's a good scheme fit as well for uh, what Nagy likes to do. It's a solid team, um, but they just don't really have any – it's not like this old Bears defense when they had it under Fangio. They're not as dominant as they were then. A lot of those guys are older now, and we know what happens when defensive players for most positions get over 30 years old. They can fall off a cliff. So uh, not the best roster, but, man, if Fields hits, then uh, probably not going to matter that much. Indeed, and uh, I was talking to a fellow Bears fan and a friend, and uh, I think that what the Chargers did this offseason to build around Justin Herbert, they – um, reassembled that offensive line and invested a lot of capital in that department. And uh, they also uh, tried to get younger on defense as well. I think that is the next step for the Bears because uh, Justin Fields seems like a guy that uh, if he does hit uh, his ceiling or at least higher than his floor, he's not as weapon dependent as some other quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Uh, so I we'll see. I don't know. It's... <laughs> We're just trying to project it here this far out, so uh, we'll definitely see. But the NFC NFC North will be an interesting one. I, I also do want to say, while I have the Lions ranked really low here um, overall, I think that uh, they did had a really good draft this year. Yes, they did. Um, they're a team that obviously knows their, their window isn't right now, unless Jared Goff uh, takes a big step forward or plays better than he did under Sean McVay, which seems unlikely. Um, but uh, we'll see. Uh, but uh, I do like the moves they're making. I And I really appreciate a team that is making moves that understands their window. Like putting yourself in a position to maximize when you do get in your window and not fooling yourself, not lying to yourself that like, oh, not and that's not a pun either. I didn't mean to not lie in yourself. Uh, but uh, <laughs> understanding your window. And uh, when you're not there, putting yourself in a position where you can best maximize to put yourself in a window and uh, make noise when that does come. So getting that future capital, everything they did there, um, a lot of pieces here that are very – Maybe not the best year one, um, but definitely ones that they're positions that take a few years to develop typically. So that's when your window should be. Um, so I, I like what they're doing just for 2021. Probably not going to be a year that uh, you're feeling good about the win loss column. Yes, and back to the Bears for a moment. You said you're not a fan of okay. any of their wide receivers uh, besides aside Robinson. from Allen Robinson. But a lot of yeah. people are bullish on how Darnell Mooney can potentially flourish with Justin Fields given uh, his uh, vertical speed and Fields' ability to accurately throw the deep ball. Um, why aren't yeah. you as high on Darnell Mooney as some of those other folks? Uh, a little smaller. He definitely is somebody who could stand out, but uh, he would have to take a big step up from my perception to be a – good wide receiver too. I think he could be a very good wide receiver three, but he still feels like you need another guy in there. And uh, Mooney right now, I feel like you're projecting a little bit. Now granted, we could see it this year, um, him take that step forward. Uh, year two, I believe for Mooney. Um, but, uh, you know, th there's a lot of projection there. And he doesn't have the draft pedigree that I'm as comfortable with as some other guys. Yeah. And now to the division that's home to 
Your favorite team and my other favorite team, the Denver Broncos, the AFC West. You obviously had the Kansas City Chiefs as the best team in the division, the second best roster in the league. The Broncos, the second best team in the division with the 17th best roster in the league. The Chargers at third, the 21st best in the league. And the Raiders at fourth with the 26th best roster in the league. And uh, let's talk about the Chiefs for a moment. We obviously all saw the Super Bowl at Patrick Mahomes just running for his life and being made to look mortal for the first time in his pro career, if not his entire career, arguably, college and pro. But uh, they obviously uh, got Joe Tooney. Uh, you traded for Orlando Brown, and you got a steal in Creed Humphrey with one of your two second-round picks of the draft. And in your view, do the massive upgrades the Chiefs made to that offensive line solidify them as favorites for a third consecutive Super Bowl trip? Yeah, I would say so. I think that the road is going to be tougher for them because the AFC is very talented right now. It's probably as talented as I can remember the AFC being as far as depth goes. Um, but the Chiefs have the best quarterback in the conference um, and ascending quarterback as well. Uh, they still have Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill. Another year, Steve Spagnuolo's defense. Um, I don't really love their pass rush situation. I know Frank Clark got that big contract, but he doesn't look great out there. Um, that's not always ideal. The cornerback depth, they obviously Snead flashed last year, a pretty good year for a rookie for sure. But um, I don't love that uh, the cornerback room either. But Patrick Mahomes improved offensive line the way they attacked it. Uh, they'll be fine, right? This this is a team that should win the AFC West for sure and probably will win the AFC. But there are a few teams in that in the AFC that uh, one game, single in the nation, anything can happen. Indeed, and uh, Lewis Riddick of ESPN tweeted a month or so ago that uh, if this new Chiefs offensive line is as good as they look on paper, this could be the best year of Patrick Mahomes' career. I don't think that's hyperbole, do you? Mm, I mean, a lot of it's dependent on like guys staying healthy, right? Like This Chiefs team right now, they do not have actually great depth, in my opinion, in the pass catchers. Uh, so like, if one of Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill gets dinged, um, that's going to greatly impact this offense like Miko Hardman like do you trust him as a good number two wide receiver nope. I don't <laughs> after that you don't have uh, you don't have good depth I mean behind Travis Kelsey I don't know either and Kelsey has a game that's going to last a while right he, like he's a good athlete out there but he's so smooth in control and uh, nuanced in his ability to create separation but uh, I feel like they're pretty dependent on two players who are aging and the Chiefs have also made multiple deep runs year after year here recently um, and just more games like that more wear and tear so definitely think it's possible um, but I don't know. I, just, I don't love the depth of the pass catchers, um, which could impact that as well. But if everybody stays healthy, then for sure, definitely could happen. A very good point about the wear and tear there. That's going to be something to watch for with the Chiefs uh, all season long. And uh, I was very curious with your regular of the Broncos. And like you, I am not a Broncos homer whatsoever. I uh, like to tell the truth about the Broncos just like you do. But why? Did you rank the Broncos, who have one of the worst quarterback rooms in the entire NFL, ahead of the Chargers and Raiders, who have two top 12 quarterbacks themselves and Justin Herbert and Derek Carr, respectively? Yeah, I mean, the Broncos roster outside of the quarterback position is pretty darn good. Um, that's, I mean, if you put in Aaron Rodgers on this team, you might as well flip the Packers and the Chiefs, or Packers and the Broncos, where they're at. Yeah. Um, one of the top five defenses on paper in football, and they have... Uh, not only are they one of the top five defenses, but they have talent in areas that are probably the most important on defense at uh, edge rusher and one of the deeper cornerback rooms I can remember in a while. Um, the offensive line is bringing back pretty much everybody. They lost Juwan James, but uh, did they lose Juwan James? Like he was already <laughs> lost last year. So um, everybody's getting a year better there. Uh, and I think Nared, Noah Fant and Jerry Judy, year three for tight end, year two for wide receiver, typically the bust years or bust out years for those guys. And uh, 
you know, bringing in uh, Melvin Gordon year two, Javante Williams. This is a really talented roster. Uh, the fact that they're so talented but still ranked as a bottom half team in the NFL at 17 probably speaks to what I'm thinking about the cornerback room. Um, Chargers, but this is one where, like, uh, Broncos, I could see them all the way up to 15. There's a tier difference here. Probably from the probably from the team I have ranked 15 here in the Patriots, spoiler alert, all the way down to the Chargers at 22. It'd be fun to kind of go through this and tier them as well. Um, but uh, that's... I think the Broncos' defense is going to carry it into some wins. They also have one of the easiest schedules in football this year, which will probably carry them to some wins. And uh, also, I think it also speaks to uh, raising the floor of the room, right? If, like, Teddy Bridgewater is what he's been historically in his career, which is an average starting quarterback in the NFL, this roster is good enough to be ranked 17th in the NFL. Um, so uh, that's probably what uh, I lean into here. Even though the, the Chargers and the Raiders have far and away better quarterback play, uh, the Raiders' offensive line is a mess. Also, their defense. I can't name a single player on that defense that I really actually respect slash fear. Um, I mean, really, I like going through it. I'm, uh, no, no, no. Uh, gosh, they have uh, Max Crosby is like a good player, but you and, know, he's uh, not really a, a difference maker. Uh, Trayvon Mira, Giannick Ngakwe, uh, those are the only yeah, three I could think of. Yeah, just uh, not great. Giannick Ngakwe, that's a solid one, but also he's a guy who's not a, a really a all-around player. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I feel like the league is going away a little bit more from those finesse rushers to more power guys, given how quickly the, the quarterback's getting rid of the football. So, um, also Yannick Gakwe, uh, fourth team in two years, three years, uh, what's going on there. Um, and also with the chargers, that's a team outside of Joey Bosa, that defensive line is not good. I know the, I know they used a first round pick on Jerry Tillery, but, uh, he's not looked good. The depth there is bad. They haven't found anybody to replace Melvin Ingram. Also, I'm really curious, what are they going to do with Derwin James? Because I love Derwin. You know, nobody stands Derwin, Derwin like I do. But uh, I'm not sure what his fit is in this defense. Are you going to use him as a uh, one of the split field safeties there and take him away from the line of scrimmage? Is he going to play linebacker? Is he going to play outside corner? I don't know what they're going to do with him as the, in this scheme. So uh, um, that's that's a question for me. Also, while this Chargers offensive line, they did attack. The, the Chargers did attack the offensive line pretty well this season. Um, still remains to be seen. Now, we know that uh, Slater, solid player, but where's he going to play? He's 33-inch arm length, uh, back concerns for him. They paid Lindsley. They paid uh, Friars as well. Uh, Filer uh, from Pittsburgh, Filer? yeah. Matt Filer, uh, yeah. Filer, yeah, yes, Filer, excuse me. I was like, as soon as I said it, I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> um, but uh, so I think they'll be solid this year, but uh, typically you don't see offensive lines. They kind of take a few years to take steps, right? It's not yes. like worst to first kind of thing, and they were the worst last year. Um, so they'll be good. And also Justin Herbert. For as good as he was last year, and I think he's, you know, an ascending top 10 quarterback in the league. Um, one of the most toolsy quarterbacks in the NFL as well right now, which is crazy to say. Uh, him and Trevor Lawrence actually profile pretty similarly. Um, but uh, last year he had an insane uh, numbers under pressure. And what we've seen historically from uh, pressure stats for quarterbacks is they're not really predictive year to year. They tend to fluctuate. And since uh, Herbert was on the far right end of the bell curve there, um, you would expect him to regress to the mean there this season. Doesn't mean it will happen. You know, it's a re-roll of the dice. Um, but uh, you would expect a uh, a regression to the mean as far as uh, ability under pressure this season and statistical output under pressure. Now, he can improve in other areas, too. Um, but I think that's going to be a, a big one for him. Uh, that's a good point. And back to the Broncos, uh, name you Mrs. Cortland Sutton. Don't forget, he's coming back either. He could uh, be an asset to either Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke or whoever their quarterback is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, last year when he went down, I said the Broncos just lost their most valuable offensive player uh, out of the gate. Um, so having him back will be great. I think right now, just because of the injury, probably the most valuable player on the Broncos team is uh, on the offense is Bowles. But uh, 
man, you probably have Cortland Sutton, Drew Judy, and uh, Noah Fant right behind him right now, and uh, that's not a bad situation to be in. If the, as long as the offensive line isn't totally inept and the Broncos get, let's say, even below average quarterback play, not bottom three like they had last year, but uh, below average quarterback play, I think that's fine to give them a, the 17th-ranked um, team in the NFL. But uh, it, I think the, the bigger narrative here and the bigger story is uh, it's the Chiefs and then it's everyone else. Yes, and uh, to the Broncos, uh, that below-average quarterback play or average quarterback play could very well be enough to win them uh, nine or ten games and potentially the seventh seed in the playoffs, uh, so to speak. So that, I believe, is the Broncos' ceiling, assuming Aaron Rodgers stays uh, put in Green Bay. And now on to the— Yeah, and if the Broncos were in the NFC, I think they would make the playoffs. AFC is just so tough, man. There's so many good AFC teams this year. Totally. And uh, now on to the AFC North, where you got the Cleveland Browns as the best team in the division with the fourth best roster in the league, the Baltimore Ravens with the second best team in the AFC North, and the sixth best roster in the league, and then the downfall. The Pittsburgh Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger's swan song, the third best team in the AFC North, 19th best roster in the league, and the Cincinnati Bengals headed into year two of the Joe Burrow era as the fourth best team in the AFC North. 25th best in the league and you and I are simpatico here that the Cleveland Browns are the most complete team in the AFC outside of Kansas City what put them just one spot ahead of the Buffalo Bills in your rankings and are they the best bet to top the Chiefs in the AFC despite having a worse quarterback situation than Buffalo Mm, that's a tough situation I think the biggest uh, defining factor here is the Browns probably have the best offensive line in football and uh, that can dictate games right like if you there's a lot of teams that have good offensive lines. As long as your offensive line isn't sucking, you should be able to get by. But if you, if you have an absolutely elite offensive line, you can dictate games and run them differently than other teams. And uh, for a while, it was the Colts there. But I think the Browns have taken that crown uh, recently. And, uh, I mean, we saw the Browns almost uh, beat topple the Chiefs last year. And that was with uh, really big issues in that back seven of their defense. The Browns have probably the second most valuable defensive player in football in Miles Garrett. Uh, in my opinion, right there on Aaron Donald's heels. Uh, I think Miles Garrett's got a good chance to become Defensive Player of the Year this year. Um, they really attacked that back seven as well, throwing uh, resources at it in the draft and free agency. And uh, Baker Mayfield's second year in this system under Stefanski, who I think is a pretty darn good uh, offensive mind and running this uh, a good scheme here. Um, they're talented. As far as the number one team to take down the Chiefs, I guess on, on this list, you would say, yes, they're the second highest rated AFC team, but... Uh, I do think that there's an argument also to be made for the Bills, who I have in here as well, just because Josh Allen can uh, do some magical things that I don't think Baker Mayfield has the same physical God-given ability. And uh, that's that. sometimes in playoff football especially, that can be the difference maker. It most certainly can, and especially if Josh Allen improves in some of the areas he still has to improve on this year, uh, that could easily um, uh, put the Bills ahead of the Browns for that uh, distinction. And I just mentioned the Steelers. For one game, especially. Yeah. I just mentioned the Steelers, and Carl Dumbler, your friend and colleague at Mile High Huddle, was on my uh, draft night live stream on uh, night two of the draft, and he said the Steelers were a team that is declining fast. And it's not just Ben Roethlisberger. Like, they have one of the worst offensive lines in football. Yes, they they got some weapons, and uh, they got a very, very solid defense, top 10 defense, arguably, but that offense could really nosedive big time this year. And given what the Bengals have with Joe Burrow in his second year of the system, and assuming he could stay healthy and get better protection, would you be surprised if the Bengals ended up with a better record than the Steelers this season? Hmm. I, I I guess I'd be a little bit surprised just because the Steelers defense, along with Mike Tomlin, uh, give them a much higher floor. 
Um, so that would surprise me a bit. But uh, on paper, the Burroughs and Ascending player, Roethlisberger, looks like a shell of himself. Um, the Bengals have done pretty well investing in the weapons for Burrow. The offensive line should be improved this year, uh, but we know that defense, uh, that Steelers defense is pretty darn good. We know that Tomlin is really good, so I would be shocked. Uh, but this Steelers team, man, they, I get going after Najee Harris as far as you know trying to maximize Big Ben's last year because probably no other guy that could get there would be as uh, year one impactful as Najee Harris will be for them, but. This is a team that I'm not really a big fan of what they've done over the past few drafts, how they've attacked it, and uh, it looks like they, uh, unless they hit on a quarterback here in the next few years, uh, then that sun is setting a bit for them. As long as they got Mike Tomlin, though, I think they got a chance, but uh, as we saw Bill Belichick, right? Like, <laughs> if you, it doesn't matter how good your coach is if uh, your quarterback is bad and the roster is uh, devoid of talent. Indeed, and now on to the NFC West, where you have the Rams as the top team in the division, 10th best roster in the league, Seahawks the second best team in the division, 11th best roster in the league, Niners third best team in the division, 15th best roster in the league, and the Arizona Cardinals the fourth best team in the division, 23rd best roster in the league. And while several believe the Rams are the best team in the NFC to challenge the Bucks this season, you are more lukewarm on them. Why is that the case? They're just so thin. I just the, the roster itself. Like I think they did improve the roster, uh, adding Matt Stafford. Um, but the defense, Aaron, Aaron Donald's 30 years old. Um, they lost Brandon Staley. Um, they've been giving up asset after asset. So the depth is poor. The offensive line is average at best. Um, I don't really, I mean, Cooper cup and uh, Robert Woods are good, but they're also guys who are, you know, I don't really think either of one of them is like a true number one receiver. And I love McVay, but uh, just there's a lot of factors there where it's like, man, one injury or one guy, like not only like an injury being out for the year, but dinging him a bit. So like we saw Aaron Donald last year, right? In the yep. playoffs. Yeah. And uh, once he was injured and he was running, what, 85 percent, 80 percent, the whole thing crumbled. Um, and uh, that's just that's that's the life of when you have a team that as is as thin as uh, this Rams team is on paper. So I think I mean, they could get hot. And uh, because they have improved quarterback play, uh, things can happen there and uh, anything can happen in a single elimination tournament. Um, but, yeah, I uh, I don't know. I don't trust them. I don't trust the depth for sure. Yes. Especially, I think this is a point that people don't really haven't, – I haven't heard from anybody but mm. me. But uh, it doesn't seem like it would be a big deal. But one more game this season means one more chance for injury, one more chance for somebody to get something that lingers that affects them later on. And uh, that just means your depth is going to be that much more important than it's – ever been before so uh teams that have a little bit issues in depth especially in areas where depth matters uh, offensive line cornerback pass rush uh, wide receiver that ma- makes me nervous makes me nervous yes and uh the seahawks when you look at their roster uh kind of like the rams it's very top heavy and they lacked up in many places especially on defense uh, Russell Wilson and that receiving core he has to throw to pretty much the only reasons why you have Seattle as the 11th best roster league because without Russell Wilson on this roster I think they're a bottom five team yeah this is the only reason they're this high is because of Russell Wilson honestly I mean it's not just because of that like Pete Carroll he's raised the floor of that team for a while though I think the age of the cover three is 
um, coming to a close here as far as like the go-to defense in the NFL. I guess it has already come and gone, but like there's so many cover three beaters out there now that it's kind of lost its luster. And uh, they don't have good pass rush out there, which really is needed. They run base like way more than any other team, which like, hello, get with the program, get those linebackers off the gosh darn field. Um, I am really a big fan of uh, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Um, that's a fun combo there with Russell Wilson, but uh, the offensive line is just average at best, maybe even slightly below average. Uh, adding Dwayne Brown did really stabilize that unit, so they're not like terrible, but uh, I don't know. Rus- Russell Wilson, still a top five quarterback in the NFL, uh, but I understand why he uh, is like kind of putting some pressure on them because this is not a good roster right now. Uh, Russell raises them a lot, but uh, man, I guess uh, the lesson of the lesson here is uh, don't trade two first round picks for a box safety. <laughs> Indeed. And uh, speaking of the draft, you, you mentioned that the 49ers made the boldest move of the first round by surrendering two first round picks to move all the way up to the third overall spot to select Trey Lance. And Trey Lance, uh, after Trevor Lawrence, he and Justin Fields were my personal two favorite quarterbacks in this draft. And I like Fields uh, just slightly better because he has a higher floor and a bigger resume, but I don't think the gap between uh, Justin Fields and Trey Lance's prospects was that big whatsoever. And uh, just look at the situation Trey Lance is walking in with that scheme, with that offensive line, with those weapons, and with a promising young defense, especially up front. And let's say Trey Lance uh, on that rookie contract hits the ground running with a vengeance either this year or next year. Do the 49ers become the best team in this division yet again? I mean, it's definitely possible. Um, There's a lot of good young or a lot of good quarterback play in this division. I the NFC West, like I said earlier, is this was the hardest team or hardest division for me to get with. I think the 49ers actually have a chance to be the team that has the biggest turnaround this year. Um, we can't forget just two years ago there in the Super Bowl, this last year, and uh, Nick Bosa, who's probably the third or third to fifth best, uh, most valuable edge rusher in football given his youth, um, is going to be back. I mean, that Super Bowl from Nick Bosa was one of the best performances we've seen since, I guess, Von Miller in that Super Bowl. But I think he had the highest pressure rate of any player ever in the Super Bowl. They still lost, but, I mean, he's he's a really, really good player. He'll be back this year. I think the 49ers had the most money end up on the injury reserve last year as well. Um, so this is a team that I expect, even even if Trey Lance doesn't play this year, this is a team that I expect to have a, a, a solid turnaround. I think they're a good bounce-back candidate uh, in 2021. Oh, they most certainly are, especially they still were able to win six games with all those injuries and turn in a top-five defense performance, for crying out loud. And uh, if they did that last year, I think the sky's the limit for them uh, this year, assuming health cooperates and the quarterback situation is as stable as could be. And now on to the AFC East, where you obviously had the Buffalo Bills as the best team division with the fifth-best roster just behind the Cleveland Browns, and they could easily uh, jump the Cleveland Browns with the uh, more improved play from Josh Allen this year. The Patriots, that the second best uh, roster in this division, 14th best overall. The Dolphins at third best, 18th best in the league, and the Jets at fourth best, 30th best in the league, although I think they look pretty darn improved, at least on paper. But let's talk about the Dolphins for a second. Say Tua Tungavoiloa takes a huge leap forward this season. Do the Dolphins trade spots with the Patriots on your list roster-wise? Sorry, I'm looking for them right now. Uh, yeah, they're, they're in the same tier, so that could easily happen. Um, I really like Flores as well as a coach. I think they have a lot of good uh, depth on this team. Um, I'll, we'll see how Jalen Phillips does this year out of the gate. I thought he was a top 10 talent um, outside the uh, concussion issues. I think he is actually number two also in uh, Vegas as far as guys who are going to win Defensive Player of the Year this year. So obviously Vegas thinks he's going to be a, a good one for them as well. 
Um, and if Tua takes a big step forward, I think they've done a pretty good job um, surrounding him with talent. I guess the other question is, like, obviously, can Tua take a step forward, but also very young offensive line. Can can enough of those guys take steps forward where Tua, who is very much a pocket-bound quarterback, uh, can function and be protected back there? Because uh, you're, you're depending on a lot of guys taking steps forward there, which is kind of what you have to do when you spend that much capital in one draft on uh, offensive linemen. They typically take two to three years to really kind of figure it out. They most certainly do. And now from the AFC East to the NFC East, you had the Dallas Cowboys as the top team in the division, eighth best roster in the league. The Washington football team as the second best roster in the division, ninth best roster in the league. The Giants at third, 20th best in the league. Eagles at fourth, who are going through a rebuild, make sense, 29th best in the league. And what was the tiebreaker that made you put the Cowboys ahead of Washington? Was it basically Dak Prescott? 100% Dak Prescott. Yep. Um, I really love this Washington defense, but uh, a good quarterback trumps a good defense, even if it is the best defense in the NFL. I mean, it's 9-10, and 10, right? So flip a coin. Um, but uh, I think Dak is, uh, from a national perspective, pretty unheralded. Uh, he was putting up ridiculous numbers last year. Granted, part of it was because how bad that Dallas defense was, which I'm assuming they'll be better this year. But, you know, just rewind 10 minutes ago what I said about cover three defenses as, as your uh, go-to um, kind of a uh, dying star there. Uh, but uh, I I really like this team. Um, the offensive line, I think, should be better. I, Tyron Smith was uh, talking today that uh, he feels as healthy he has, as he has for a while. It's offseason trope season also, so we'll, we'll see. Um, but, uh, you know, C.D. Lamb entering year two. Michael Gallup is super underrated. Uh, obviously, Amari Cooper is really talented. And Dak Prescott, top 10 quarterback in the NFL, top eight quarterback in the NFL. Um, this is a good team. I, I'm not a big fan of Mike McCarthy. He could be somebody that drags him down a bit as well. Um, but uh, Dak was the reason that I put the Cowboys over the Washington football team here. Uh, yes, and that pretty much uh, makes sense because I think the Washington football team, if you take the quarterbacks out of the equation, have the better roster uh, because oh, yeah. uh, they uh, have uh, their, their weapons aren't necessarily the triplets with uh, Mari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup, but uh, they're no uh, slouches. Terry McLaurin could be a top 10 receiver by the end of this year. You bring Curtis Samuel in and you potentially steal Deami Brown in the third round. That could be a three-headed monster there. Uh, Logan Thomas started to come into his own at tight end last year, and uh, you improved that offensive line by stealing Charles Leno, who the Bears shouldn't have released, in my opinion, to play left tackle. And uh, Samuel Cosby will have some growing pains, but I still expect their offensive line to be better, plus the best defense in the league. And, uh, and if Ryan Fitzpatrick stays healthy, should it surprise anyone at all? If Washington actually wins the division for a second consecutive season, which is unheard of in the NFC East these days, having consecutive uh, division champs. Yeah, no, uh, very talented defense, best front seven in football. Uh, they can get after the quarterback. They have decent depth in the back seven. Um, can Ryan Fitzpatrick, is it going to be good Ryan Fitzpatrick or is it going to be bad Ryan Fitzpatrick? Because we've seen both. Uh, he can make big big time throws, but he also has propensity to give the ball to the other team and have some real stinkers. So uh, they can beat anybody. They can beat anybody, honestly, but they can also lose to anybody. Uh, so we'll see. Again, though, I give the tiebreaker to the quarterback, and uh, that's why the Cowboys are higher. Uh, I do have the Giants as the third team here, um, ranked 20th overall. Uh, Giants Giants are honestly, they really mimic the Denver Broncos of how they've attacked this team and a lot of questions surrounding that third-year quarterback. Um, everything's on them this year. If that third-year quarterback uh, can't seize the opportunity, they're probably done with their team. Uh, granted, uh, things can change, circumstances can change, but uh, it's a good team, um, but it all will come down to, is the quarterback good enough? And then the Eagles, bad team. I uh, don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be a good quarterback. 
Uh, the offensive line has regressed a lot. That defense has gotten old quickly. Uh, this is a team that I think they have three first-round picks next year. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they're kind of out of it by week six and you see a trading of a lot of these veterans and uh, they have go into full asset accumulation mode and uh, eye towards the future. That's what I would do at least. Uh, yeah, that's something that Howie Roseman would do in my opinion, as well. And now to the AFC South, where you got the Titans as the best team division, 12th best roster league, Colts, the second best team division, 13th in the league, the Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer-led Jaguars, third best roster division, 28th best in the league, and the Houston Texans, obviously the worst in the division, worst in the league in rosters. And compared to other NFL bottom feeders in the past five or 10 years, just how bad is this Texas roster? Is this like the worst roster in modern memory? It at least seems that way to me. <laughs> it's, it probably is, honestly. Um, that's the, uh, they're bad. Uh, even Deshaun Watson last year had an incredible season. Still, they earned the third worst or the third overall pick. Uh, they're trash. And I wouldn't, if they don't earn the first overall pick, it would be a surprise. But uh, you never know. You never know. That's, that's the beauty of football. But man, on paper, very bad. Yeah, either a quarterback or Kayvon Thibodeau will be called as the first overall pick to the Texans in Vegas next spring. I'm calling that right now. And uh, let's talk about the Jaguars for a moment. Yes, the Jaguars uh, still got a long ways to go, but they drafted the most highly coveted quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. And Andrew Luck, when he first came to the Colts, the Colts weren't necessarily the most talented roster at all, but he single-handedly carried them to a wild-card playoff berth. I'm not saying the Jaguars are going to do the same, given how tough the AFC is this time, but would it either surprise or shock you if Trevor Lawrence actually leads the Jaguars to a second-place finish in the division this season with, say, a record of 8-9? and nine? It's definitely impossible, uh, especially if Carson Wentz plays as bad, bad as he did last year. Um, but, uh, I think that Colts defense and that, uh, Titans offensive identity, both those teams now, now that I think about it, cause they lost our Arthur Smith Smith as well. I could see the Titans regressing a lot. Um, I thought they had a good draft, but, uh, off, I thought for you, didn't see was kind of hit or miss. Um, and the Colts, they'll be solid, but, uh, definitely possible that the, uh, the Jaguars end up better than one of those teams, but I'm kind of giving, uh, Trevor Lawrence a, uh, a redshirt season here. He'll play, but I'm not. I'm not putting the world of expectation on him this season. Uh, yeah, especially with all the uh, gimmicky things Urban Meyer appears to be doing schematically, uh, like uh, cross trading Travis Etienne to be a wide receiver. I mean, what the f is going on, so to speak? Uh, lots of people are skeptical that what he's doing is going to hit well in the NFL. Yeah, I mean. Not many guys who are big dogs in college as far as coaching have gone on to the NFL and then really, really worked out. So uh, we'll see. Maybe it's all kind of a distraction right now to keep the pressure off Trevor Lawrence. Like if you're talking about Urban Meyer and like wrestling cameos going on in mm-hmm. Urban Meyer's office and Tim Tebow and whatnot, that takes pressure off Trevor Lawrence, which might be a good thing. Um, but, uh, you know, I – even though Andrew Luck had that great season, his rookie year and really turned around that terrible roster into making the playoffs. Uh, I, I don't think that's a fair expectation on Trevor Lawrence's uh, first season. So I'll believe it when I see it. There's still a team that has a ways to go. Yes, and last but not least, the NFC South, home to the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who you rated as your number one roster in the entire league, and rightfully so, the depth of that roster, even more so than Tom Brady. And don't get me wrong, I love Tom Brady, I respect Tom Brady, best quarterback to ever play football, but uh, 
Uh, if you look at that triple performance, I think they awarded the MVP award to the wrong guy. It should have been either Shaq Barrett or Todd Bowles, for crying out loud, who should have won that MVP in that Super Bowl. The Bucks. it was a total team effort to to take down Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And Brady was uh, like the efficient manager, so to speak. He wasn't like the heroic Tom Brady we knew from some of those uh, Super Bowls of the 2010s in New England. And after that, a steep drop-off. The Saints, entering the first year of the post-Drew Brees era, uh, the second-best roster division, but the 16th-best in the league. The Atlanta Falcons, uh, with Arthur Smith coming in. Uh, the third-best roster division, 22nd-best in the league. And the Carolina Panthers and Matt Rule, fourth-best in the division, 27th-best in the league. And uh, aside from Aaron Rodgers, the biggest elephant in the room in the entire NFL right now is Julio Jones. And if the Falcons trade Julio Jones, as they are expected to uh, by the eve of training camp, how far does that push them down these rankings, if at all? It'd push them down a bit. Um, right now, like you said, they're 22nd. They probably push down to like right around where the Panthers are as well. Um, Julio, Calvin Jones, and uh, Kyle Pitts, though, man, that's instant offense. That's a lot of fun. Uh, the, this team has made a lot of investments in the offensive line in recent years as well that should be paying off this year. Like when you invest in an offensive lineman, typically wait three to four years before you're really paying uh, before it's really paying off. And you expect that this year, Matt Ryan's still a really good quarterback. Um, the defense should be better, <laughs> honestly, just addition uh, by abstraction or by subtraction, subtraction, moving on from Dan Quinn, that cover three again. Ugh, what are we doing? Um, but uh, that's a I'd expect them to have a bounce back here last year. Also, I think the Falcons had like there was a stat where like if teams who were winning at halftime ended up uh, winning the game. Um, and most of the teams were about the same of uh, what their win loss record actually ended up. And the Falcons had like they would have been 500 and they ended up with the fourth overall pick. So uh, that's a team that there's, they had a lot of bad luck last year as far as uh, how the ball bounced. When I'm not a good team, but definitely not the team that uh, should have been picking fourth overall from a talent perspective. So I'll expect them to be better. Um, having the Saints this high, it's just that they have a solid defense, right? Good offensive line, solid defense. Yeah. You still have Michael Thomas. You still have Alvin Kamara. Um, obviously, if Winston is Winston of uh, his years in Tampa Bay, Right around the middle of the pack, that's probably where they will end up. A better defense than what Winston had uh, in uh, Tampa Bay as well. But uh, it's a it's an interesting division, but it's kind of like the AFC West where it's like they have just one elite team and then, you know, pick the last three. I can see it being sorted out a number of different ways. Uh, yes, and uh, you're, you're kind of right. But that said, I think that there is a, a sleeper's chance for the Chargers to make some noise this year. If Herbert could take that next step and Brandon Staley could work magic with that defense as he has uh, tended to do, or as Vic Faggio's disciples have tended to do. and uh, But I don't see a similar possibility at the NFC South at all. It's like the Bucks and everybody else, and the chances of them being uh, overtaken are even smaller than that of the Chiefs. Do you think that the NFC South is going to be the most lopsided, most non-competitive division in the NFL this season? Probably. Yeah, probably. Um, let me see if there's any others that really just stand out here going over the names real quick. It's probably the NFC South. It could be the AFC West as well. I mean, I've fallen into the trap of like, oh man, the Chargers this year, they look good on paper. How often has that worked out in the last decade? Right? Like just, it's, it's the classic Chargers trope. So, uh, I think that's another team there, um, that, uh, that could be good this year, but I'm not falling for it. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, but it's now or never for the Chargers. You got a stud quarterback on a rookie deal. If you can't capitalize at this window, you're probably never going to capitalize with Justin Herbert. And he is Nick Kendall, ladies and gentlemen, milehighhuddle.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Nick Kendall, M-H-H. Thank you very much, Nick. And that's it for today here on Sports Crush. We'll be back with more exciting new episodes this month, so stay tuned. Meanwhile, be sure to check out the episode archive as well as my blog at sportscrunch.com. And remember, that is crunch with a K. And if you enjoy these podcast episodes, please consider leaving us an iTunes review and donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sportscrunch so we can improve our iTunes ranking and afford to produce even more shows with awesome guests like Nick. You can also follow me on Twitter at dcrom 59 or Instagram now at sportscrunch with dcrom. For Nick Kendall, this is David Cromwell saying so long, and as usual, stay awesome, stay safe, stay sane, and yes, folks, all 32 NFL stadiums will be allowed to be at full capacity this fall. But if you don't want to wear a mask to the game, please get vaccinated if you haven't done so yet. Take care, cats and kittens, and stay cool. (laughs) 